is the Evan York Podcast. Well, Ryan, Alyssa, thank you guys so much for joining today. I'm excited to chat with you and learn about how you both got started in real estate and now how you're working as a team. I think that's such a cool dynamic. And uh, I know people a lot of times outside of real estate would say, oh, my gosh, I could never work with my spouse. Uh, right. <laughs> it seems like you guys have really made it work. And so thank you guys for, for joining and spending the hour today and excited to learn more from you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, excited to be here. We uh, this is our first dual uh, interview, so hopefully it goes it goes as planned. You don't hear some, uh, <laughs> you know. A lot of times we say, "Man, I think we should have some TV cameras set up in our house because I think this would sell." Yeah, as far like, as the dysfunctionality at times, the day to day chaos. So if you if people have this vision of this perfect little partnership that just flies flawlessly with no arguments oh right we, we we get it just like any spouse you know we're oh yeah total opposites and she's good at what i'm not I'm, i think i'm good at what she's not even though she's good at everything so I'm, yeah so even though it may appear like a well-oiled machine you know it's, yeah, it's a little chaotic behind the scenes but we just play it cool and yeah, we're, we're not trying to pull the social media wool over everybody's eyes we we can be real we, we yeah. can have our moments actually show what what's going on yeah. Um, so how long have you both been married for? Let's start there. We got married in 2019, June. Okay. Got it. And then, so, and then talk about, let's start with you first. How did you get into real estate initially? Um, well, good old Ryan here was full-time real estate and doing, um, football officiating. And I was working at Lockheed Martin and, um, pretty much, decided to get my license just kind of on the side and was working full-time during the week. And then my phone would be ringing off the hook on the weekends because he'd put his phone on call forwarding when he had football games to officiate and couldn't be on his phone. And so that business kind of like fell into my lap on the weekends. And I'm like, Hey, why am I working seven days a week? Uh, I'm trying to take a break. And then once it made sense, like financially to, you know, leave the corporate world and go into business for ourselves. I decided to make the leap. That was in 2018. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 2018. Okay. Got it. Then Brian, how about you? I uh, was in the business. I was in the REO world before I was a full-time realtor. So bank owned property distressed uh, market, you know, about 2010 to 2013 is kind of when I, came on the scene in the real estate world. I didn't even know how to spell mortgage. I didn't know there was a T in there. I didn't know that it was realtor and not realtor. Uh, so I didn't know these, those things, but um, I was in the corporate world did too. And I was working hundred percent commission, but I was still, you know, every time my, my income would make a certain amount, the the rules would change. And, and if you know anything about, you know, hundred percent commission roles, uh, you know, comp plans, they don't change when you're not doing anything because you just don't get a paycheck. And so about the, the 10th time that they changed the rules up on me, uh, after after I'd start knocking down, you know, 12, 15 grand in a month, they flip out. So that 10th time that they changed it, I I walked. I, mm -hmm. I, uh, I was out of there and I had, um, you know, my license already. I didn't, I had never done anything with it. At that point, I didn't have a lot of money saved. I was living in uptown, running around being a single guy, making all the money, you know, making, you know, whatever was good money for me as a single guy then and spending most of it and trying to pat myself on the back like I was somebody cool. So I came out of the corporate world. I didn't have the the, the six months of income saved. I didn't have the, 
you know, all these ducks in a row, I was just like, oh, shoot, I better get it going now. And um, in about 90 days, I had about 90 days worth of money saved. And uh, about about three months in, I closed five deals in a single week. And, and it was so weird that nobody tried to take that money away from me. I just deposited it in my account. And I was waiting for a phone call from Trek or my broker or somebody like that. And that never came. I said, so wait a minute, I'm going to do this. And they're just going to deposit. We're just going to put this money in my account. And I've just got to keep, you know, Uncle Sam. I got to keep Uncle Sam, uh, you know, satisfied. But other than that, I don't, I don't have anybody going to change the rules on me. Like, this is great. So I, yeah. I had an epiphany. He was meant to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was just uh, working hard, work, being trying to good a good Christian guy at the workplace, trying to work hard. That formula wasn't wasn't working well for me because I was right. I think that's what an employer hopes they find is a person like, and without being conceited and all that stuff, just they, they want to find a guy or a girl like me because I'd run through walls for them. And then mm. it didn't work out financially for me. And it just kept not working out, not working out. Without beating that horse, I can tell you stories from other jobs that same kind of stuff was happening. Like, Man, this is just, oh, oh, okay. And then I had my, my best friend who's our, who's the best man at our wedding. He was our broker uh, originally. And I'd seen him just kick butt, take names for, for years before. And I'm like, well, shoot, that's how most people come to real estate. Well, if this guy can do it, mm -hmm. I know I can be half as good as him. I can, I can do this. So right. long story long, that's kind of how I, how I came into the world of real estate. Well, I like the, the thoughts and the story on the commission because um, I do think that a lot of people get into real estate because they do think it's glamorous and sexy and they see that you can make a lot of money, but they very quickly realize that it is very difficult. Um what are your thoughts on, you know, you said you had 90 days worth of, of money saved up um, and then you brought in deals kind of right there towards the end. How do you advise new agents that are coming from maybe a, a totally different industry to be prepared, um, you know, when they're starting up in that new role uh, in a commission only? Yeah. And feel free to uh, Alyssa to jump in too, as she did, she's done it more recently than I have, but I, I would say, and I think the, the failures that I had before, I was in my 20s and without going into too much of a, of a deep dive there, I had failed miserably. I had maxed out my cards living, you know, I was, you know, oh, I'll just make it one day and I'll, I'll pay rent on my credit card this month. Next month I'll pay my rent, you know, on that month. I already had, I had done all that when I was in my 20s and it took me quite a while to crawl out of that. And that's probably what most people are scared of having to do. Um, and there was a lot of reasons why I had, you know, I, I'd gone through that when I was in my twenties, but I had known that nightmare already. And I knew I wasn't going to spend a dime. I said, the second I have to pay for a necessity of my rent, food, gas on a credit card, I'm making a phone call. I'm going back to the corporate world because I'm not doing it. Um, and so I, I just had that mentality where, you know what? There's too, there's, there's too many people making money in this thing. All it takes is one average deal. One closing will pay you 12 grand. Mm -hmm. Um, and shoot, I, you know, I could live on 12 grand at that time for, you know, six months if I had to, but I know most people can probably live on a couple months of that. So if I, I just need one deal, I can just get one deal. Um, and so I just started, I mean, just blowing everybody up. Yeah. But for newbies, like it's kind of like, you have to not be fearful. You have to have the personality to talk to a ton of people because he was reaching out to tons of people a day consistently without fail, miserably for months. And then, then you get, you know, then you start to build traction and then you can get deals inked up, but it, it's yeah. finding the people in the, you know, 
the deals are there, the people to getting them to trust you as a professional when you're new in the industry can be difficult, but he luckily had like our broker and friend to back him up, you know, and a whole team that we could use as a resource. Um, yeah, to but, kind of accomplish that, but but you were not like slow in picking oh, up clients yeah. because he's such a people person and the sales tactics and he's just well, so good. And I think some people can hear that too and also go, "Well, I'm not a salesperson," or right, I have, like I'm not. A, you know, I don't, I don't like. Me. I don't want to talk to a thousand people. I didn't sound like I want to do that either. And I don't think sales tactics actually work in real estate. I think people are too, they're, they, they can smell a phony a mile away. They can, they know when you're reading a script, they know when you're just doing the, the, the things that every other stupid realtor out there does, they know that stuff. Yeah. So if you could just come across as being genuine and yeah. And, and making relationships, yeah, and I, relationships is huge. And I did not ever take a direct hit at people. I think that's really weird when you call somebody and say, Hey, do you, are you looking to buy or sell a house? So that puts people on their heels right from the get-go. Which is um, the text that we get a hundred times a day. Yeah. People asking us yeah. directly for things. And it just You know, you kind of have to be in a like a like a you know, in you're inadvertently asking them do they do they want to buy or sell, but you're asking who do they know? Because they everybody knows somebody needs to live somewhere. Like everybody knows somebody that needs to own a house. If they don't own a house, they want to. Uh, and then real estate is always a, it seems to be a pretty pleasant topic that advantage for us when I came from a world of, you know, investments and mutual funds and life insurance and stuff that nobody wants to talk about. Then you, you have to have some sales tactics under your belt for that kind of stuff. Hmm. But for real estate, you could actually have real genuine conversations about what people are going through or what their goals are, where they went on vacation. And <laughs> you can, you can lead the conversation in real estate. You know, if you're any good at just asking questions. Um, and so just just getting people. And, and then one thing I didn't know is I thought, oh, I'll just make Facebook posts and all my friends are going to call me. And but mm -hmm. then I realized pretty quick that all your friends know that you just started. Right. So are they going to trust you with the largest asset that they're ever going to buy or sell? Probably not. Not for a few uh, years until they thought he was actually doing stuff. Yeah. So right. it was a it was a long time before a friend of mine actually called. Um you know, and so a couple, I had a couple friend sales early on. One of the first um, sales I had early on was actually a friend, but she was a, you know, new home, first time home buyer, I believe. And, um, you know, basically rolled the dice on me uh, when nobody else was at that time. So thank goodness for her. But, but when you, but I would say long story long is to, you know, go after the people that they know, because they, they are, they're more apt to refer somebody that they know than themselves. Well, you know, especially if it's a first time home buyer. If you're going after a person who may have bought, sold three or four or five homes, they probably already have their realtor, but they know their son or there's somebody from church who just got married and they're looking to buy a house. And here's little Ryan. And you just time that whole scenario just right. So okay. I think that that would be go after people who go but, after referrals. But his question yeah. was about people making the leap and it's, you know, you got to have the drive to do it because it's not easy going off on your, on your own and starting from scratch. Yeah. Yeah. One. Well, what did the beginning look like? Like, what, you know, you said that you weren't fearful to pick up the phone and call and you were asking people for people that they knew. What was sort of the breakdown of your day and how long was it a year that you were doing this every day? Was it two years? Like, what did that it, look like? Give us the was, structure of that day. Sure. It was probably uh, a two to three year. And when I say 50 people a day, I would, I would reach out to 50 people a day. It wasn't phone calls. 
you know, phone calls are weird. You're trying to bother people during work. A lot of it's this, you know, this day and age was texting, direct messages on Facebook. Uh, Nextdoor.com was a big was a big one for me. Um, so she, you know, she owned a house before we were married, and I would I got into her neighborhood. And next thing you know, I'm making posts, talking to people on there, and um, so it was pretty cool. But but it was 50 people a day, uh, and that was that was a bare minimum. If I did nothing else, it was 50 people a day need to know. You know, just prospecting. Yes, yeah, prospecting. Yeah. I hate the word, uh, it, but it's, it's not long necessary. messages. It's not long messages. It's not awkward. It's not novel. Let me tell you how awesome I am, kind of stuff. It was basically like, let me think of what if a realtor is actually is prospecting. What are they saying? And let me say something different with my personality, but it's quick. Uh, and it was pretty much the same message to fifty different people, but I tweak it just a little bit. Okay, I know this person from church. Okay, I know I play college baseball. Kind of personalize the reach out. Know, reaching out to 50 plus people a day and then following up and circling back every few months, staying, you know, trying to stay top of mind. Yeah. And you can find yourself doing a lot of different things as a realtor you know, networking. How long did you do that? Uh, 50 people a day. Yeah. For about two and a half years. And it wasn't two like, and a half years. It, it wasn't every day. But and it, he also was president of um, his BNI, uh, business networking international. We love to see that. Yeah. Um, group um and you know he did that for multiple years and it was like so consistent every week and talking about it all week long to recruit people to come you know invite people to the breakfast and and then you know referring business and that's how you can get business too is by right. giving business it was a way i didn't um i didn't have a lot of experience so some people have if they know about being i they'll either love it, hate it, maybe they don't know about it, but it's, it's a place where they allow one person per profession inside the group. Uh, so I was the only realtor in the group, but we had four, five, six, you know, different attorneys. We had insurance people, commercial, industrial auto, you know, or, uh, you know, different insurance people. One from each industry. Yeah. So, uh, but we had so many visitors coming in each week. Um, I didn't, I only got one referral from one member in four years, but we had four, five, six, eight visitors coming in every week. Well, that was an opportunity. That was like going to lunch with, you know, six people a week right there. So that's kind of why I stayed. And then I would take them, add them to my database. They, I met them, looked them eyeball to eyeball, shook their hand, and I would follow up with them just like everybody else. Um, and I just, just grew my database where I wasn't constantly looking for new people to add. And it's, I, and it's, well, and they're not totally cold. You yeah. Can cold call anybody. It was people he laid eyeballs on. Yeah. And so I did that and then I just got consistent at it, you know, just got consistent at follow up, follow up. Cause the first, you know, few times you contact somebody, they don't, you know, wait, okay, well, who is this guy? Where did, okay. What I mean, whatever. But if you keep coming at them and, and not every other week, but you start spacing it out every couple of months, you know, something genuine, something quick, something authentic. Um, it starts to resonate. One is because nobody does it. And two it's, you know, I know another realtor is not doing it. Uh, I, f I figured out pr pretty quickly that most realtors don't prospect. They'll they'll go after somebody a couple times and then they go until on. they get or until they get the yeah. deal and then they fall off and they don't follow up with their past clients either. Yeah, that's another thing. I just follow up with you know. Oh, I have yeah. a so then after two years of doing that, then it's like yeah. then his phone starts ringing a whole lot more. Yeah, the deals start coming to you and you start getting people that show you buying signs or selling signs. You know, and they're and very repeat business, repeat stuff, and they're very rarely ready to do something right then. So you just kind of you know, put them in your pipeline. It could be a six month pipeline. Sometimes I prospected people for five years and then they finally came through and then, oh my gosh, we're going to buy a lake house. Can, 
add that to the list too. Bam, they buy a lake house. And it's like, right. Oh, uh, my, my mom just passed. This is a real example of a family that we helped buy a house and they went bought a lake house and their mother died. Uh, sadly, we helped deal with that. Uh, then their neighbor, you know, it's so just, it's kind of fun to, to just map out where all these people yeah. are. And you can only do that when you follow up, follow up, follow up. When you just right. do the one shot kills and you're off into the sunset with your little 20,000 commission check or whatever, then you're just constantly on the hunt for people. And that, I can't do that. Like, I like my phone ringing. I don't like to call, you know, that, that was the goal to prospect for just a small amount of time. You know, in the grand scheme of things, prospecting for two years is not very long. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I mean, seems like a long I, time, but it's it's not a not a terribly long time. What what um those initial messages you're talking about when you would reach out to people in your network, people that you knew, and you'd text them or call them or email them or whatever. What were you saying to those people? What was that initial shove? I I you know people are going through life and life trend life uh, transitions cause real estate trades. So if you know that going in, think about okay, what do people go through? Or they put a sign on the yard, or they're looking to buy a house. They have a baby. Um, their family empty nesters. Kids grow off, go to college. They want something small. They relocate for a job. They hate their school district. They want to improve that. Uh, somebody passes away. Somebody gets divorced. Somebody gets married. Um, you know those those type of things. So I would reach out and say, Hey, who do you know that just got married? Um, or if he'd see a post a post from them, then he'd comment about the post first, and then. And then kind of. Yeah. Then I put, okay, this guy just got married. They just had a baby. Yeah. I got to reach out. Maybe I want to buy a new house next week because they're probably not getting any sleep for about 90 days. But, but just reaching out and saying like, you know. Yeah. 90 days, you know, congrats. Um, you know, but then six months down the road, just kind of keeping them in the, they're probably sick of their apartment. Uh, they probably. So at that point, would, and would you say, hey, hope, you know, hope everything's going well with the new baby. Are you interested? You know, are you ready to buy a house? Let me know when you're ready to buy a house. Is that, would you be direct about it? Yeah. Some, or, Hey, are you guys renting? Uh, How much are you throwing away? Yeah. Yeah, you, How, yeah. Renting is good. And they're like, Oh yeah. Dallas, Texas. It's you know safe to say you're throwing 50 grand on a year down the toilet when you're renting. Do you know that? <laughs> and they'll be like, my rent's not that much. And then we go into, you know, talking yeah. about the, tax savings that you get from paying mortgage property taxes and interest. And so there is more money that can be. Yeah. Appreciation. You're missing out on all right. the things you yeah. don't get squat when you're renting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it. those kind of things would, would get balls rolling pretty quick. Okay. So two years of that, two and a half years of that. Um, now, obviously you're still doing a lot of follow-ups and I imagine that a lot of your business is referral now. What does your follow-up game look like? What are you saying to people? How often are you following up with them? Are you following up with prospects that have never bought from you? Or is it mostly people that have bought from you? Uh, what is Every, what is your follow-up look like now? It's pretty much everybody. Okay. Even people that used um, other agents, you know. They, yeah. Ones that uh, like missed opportunities, like clients that we miss, you know, if we just didn't time the communication right and we miss it, we'll yeah. still follow up Yeah, we'll every win. few months. <laughs> we'll, win, we'll try to win that next deal because their chances are high. They're going to, they're going to need another realtor again. And that realtor that they probably use doesn't follow up. Probably doesn't follow up. So, yeah. so, and then I can't wait. If they thought that agent was good, wait till they meet us. You know, that's the kind right. of mentality that, that I've had. And that's a, you know, just because somebody uses another realtor, don't, don't hack them off. Don't, right. don't write them off. You know, Hey, uh, and we always follow up with people that we, I mean, pretty much like follow up until you die. <laughs> yeah. Follow up until they, until they, they're not around. And then we try to follow up with their family. 
and it's not it's funny but it's it's we do it uh, so yeah. we uh, but yeah just um uh and then we keep it uh pretty entertaining so in the back of my head i'm always you know what what you know they don't want to hear from you know most if people I think if something reminds me of clients and things yeah. i'll reach out just little things that pop in my head or if i'm you know, it's almost like kind of ADD, like something will happen. And I'll, if I'm in the middle of something, I'll make a note to text that person yeah. about a quote that I just heard or a song or something that they like fishing, whatever or it is. An inside joke or a thing that practice up will be like, you know, remind them of that. Right. Yeah. So, you know how you get if you spend 30 to 45 days with a, with a family during buying a house, you should be picking up on some some things that they like moments that you share together. That somebody yeah. did, tripped and fell at the chilies when you are eating, but you know something like stuff like that. We uh, do need to get better about you know following up on birthdays and you know milestones and important yeah. dates for them and stuff. But but we try to be consistent. Yeah, it's a, well, I think a it's lot. A, you have a good oh. point about not a lot of people following up. I mean, I see that all the time. There's just so many professionals in real estate that that just don't follow up. I mean, I I. I've bought three houses, you know, in the last, I don't know, five years, uh, bought, sold, you know, moved and never, never received a call once. Oh, did you use a different realtor every time? Uh, well, the, for the first two, no, uh, okay. it was the same, but okay. still no follow-up. I mean, just really disappeared. Yeah. And so you, you, know, you have the biggest, like a huge opportunity. You should have your pick of the litter. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So it, it's just interesting. I, I, I do think that it's such a missed opportunity for so many agents or lenders yeah. or whoever you but are also, out there. Yeah. And it's free. Also, authentically, because Ryan shows me these messages in his LinkedIn where somebody that wants to sell him something says happy birthday every single year. And that's the whole, the whole text thread. Happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday. Thank you. It's like, that's their follow-up game. Just saying happy birthday on your birthday. And it's not like a personal touch. So it's like, we're never going to do business with that person. We're not yeah. going to buy anything from them. If yeah. you know, that's their, that's their game. That's, you know, it's not like a, even a personal little message, just, you know, yeah, I think just, um, you know, it's, it's like they, they went to a seminar that heard, oh, I need to follow people. I need to send birthday message. So check that box. But yeah. they didn't check it authentically. Um, yeah. And you can almost tell it's kind of robotic, you know, yeah, or, right. or, you know, your CRM system reminds you. And like, I feel like the re people on the receiving end know it whenever you're yeah. in their CRM system and you're just popping up. I, right. I think questions too are a bit when you, you could prospect, there's you know, prospect, whatever, but you can prospect effectively by asking questions that, that get people to engage back, um, you know, and, and Hey, what's going on with your life? Or, Hey, I saw you guys were in, uh, you know, Florida last week, or Hey, you guys were Florida Aransas and where did y'all stay? Like, you know, and then can you recommend a good restaurant hey, there? We're going yeah. next people, month or if you ask mm. them for their opinion or something that they did, they, they, everybody wears a big sign on their back that says, you know, acknowledge that I exist or make me feel special. Like, right. I, so I love to talk about myself. That's, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you got to get somebody on that track. They will usually respond and, and you're being genuine, but they'll usually leave that, that conversation or that exchange going, man, that Ryan or that Alyssa, they're awesome. And they, they didn't really even think like I talked the whole time. Like <laughs> I didn't, right. you know, that's our goals. Like you, for me, especially, I can throw up on people all day long. So when I feel that, I, I want to ask a question and get 
you know, get them talking. Yeah. Get a response. And then they leave the conversation feeling good. Yeah. And then thinking, and then maybe we pop up in their head when they, when they think of real, something related to real estate, we can be a resource for them. Right. Okay. So. Um, how often are you working phone call prospecting into the mix today? Mm, not and really if his, like if our phones ring, you know, if people call us, yeah. it's not, it's not so much like calling and checking in unless we're, you know, I know concerned about something. Or, yeah, there's probably some old school people. We talk there. a lot on the phone, but it's usually about active, you know, active transactions. Yeah. And things. Yeah. The and, and active clients that are, you know, having questions and things like that. Like we're, we're on the phone constantly. I'm like, why are we on the phone all the time? But no, we're not making calls prospecting. Yeah. That's not I, our game. I think that's me personally. I think it's kind of an old school thing because people are busy. If you call, you call somebody when you really want something is usually what, what I'll do. But um, I, you know, I used to have a manager back in the day that would say, how many phone calls are you making? And I'd be like, you know, I did these reach outs. He goes, well, that is like has a phone call. It's like, well, what if the reach outs are more effective than the phone call? He's like, oh, I'll show us. Like I'm the number one guy here, but I make the least amount of phone calls. So if I don't be, if I'm not the number one guy anymore, then we can talk about your stupid phone call quota. Uh, so it's your ROI. Never mess with me again after that because he's just yeah. like, oh, so it's not the seventies anymore. Phone calls, and I know that may turn a lot of people off, but um, but people well, don't. Up, but I get annoyed when somebody calls. I'm I'm usually in the middle of ten things. And my phone rings. I'm like, <clears throat> like, okay, what? What do you need? And I'm already like mad. But then if it's something that's important, then I'll oh, okay, yeah, sure, you know, sure, great. But a lot. Oh, but yeah. if it's a sales call, we just know how we feel when we get hundreds of sales calls a week. So yeah. We're not going to be that guy. Like FISBO calls, I'll do some of those just to keep it fun because I yeah. think it's funny to mess with those. Yeah, or if we're driving guys. by a for sale by owner property, so, we're like, ooh, let's check on this one, see what's up. Yeah. Here's to it. This is how we do that. Usually we'll call and say, hey, I see you got a for sale by owner sign in your yard. And like, yeah, I was like, well, first question is, uh, what's your price? And they'll, you know, we'll disclose we're realtors. So then they're usually real defensive now. <laughs> uh, and they'll say, well, our price is 800,000. I'll say, great. Can you tell me how you got to that, that number? Or is that just something you made up out of thin air? And they're mm -hmm. like, well, I didn't know my neighbor said something. So here's another thing. So if I want to see your house, are you just going to let me walk in your house? Are you going to go to Walmart while I look at your house? Or are you going to stare at me awkwardly while I look, look at your, what's your plan for me showing up with the client right quick? And <laughs> Uh, well, I, you know, I, and they start saying, sounds like you need a realtor, man. I don't know. <laughs> so they, How are you going to navigate that? Yeah. So they, they, uh, and then I try to warm it up after that, you know, try to win them over, which happens sometimes, but those are, well, just to be driving by doing that to people. It's funny. Yeah. That's fun. I, I mean, I like that. Well, I think that, I think uh, everybody has a different personality when it comes to prospecting. Um, I think that, you know, some people, phone calls are, great for them and super effective. Some people text are super effective. Some people, you know, some type of email is super effective. I've, I've met, I've interviewed a lot of people on this podcast. And to be honest, everyone has a different approach. And so what I've kind of learned in talking with so many people in the real estate world is the prospecting method and follow-up method really is attached to that person's personality and how you operate and how you like to operate your business. Um, like if, if you had to go make a hundred phone calls, that would be like the people on the other end, it, it just wouldn't match up. Um, but there's a lot of people that doing text outreach and follow-ups that way, it would come across completely the wrong, uh, it would give the wrong message. So I, I, 
I like that there are so many different approaches. Um, and I think that it's important for, for whoever um, is doing that to understand how their message is best communicated, how they right. prospect the best. Yeah. And, and just communicating, just actually doing anything, do it consistently and do a lot of it. And you'll find your, your kind of niche or you'll find the method that works for you. And then you kind of figure out what your return on investment of time, what, yeah. what gives you the highest return? Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Consistency is the, it's, is the key to anything. You're key. Gonna, if, you're, if you're sending, you know, yeah. you're actually sending, you know, mailers or whatever you're doing, just do, keep doing it. You're eventually yeah. going to, one idea I heard the other day that I don't even know if you heard about was a girl hosted, um, she hosted these happy hour events. Oh yeah, of course, happy hour events. Okay. But she did it every other month and she tasked, uh, she said the first one I did, it was really weird. Cause I, you know, I had to, I didn't know who was going to show up. So I invited my parents and then, and then I had my parents bring their friends or she said, I invited my parents' friends. They didn't know they were going to be there. They had seen each other in four or five years. So they're over here just loving on life. And then I had, so my party looked like it was packed and I had probably 10 or 15 other people that were there, but I asked them to each bring somebody that they knew uh, who would be interested in buying a home. So, you know, the first, first event was, you know, 25 people there. The second event was 40 people. And the third event was like, people were just bringing people, uh, you know, bringing people. But I think the key was that she kept doing it. Mm -hmm. She kept doing it every other month. And I was like, that's the equivalent of like, that's like a thousand phone calls. Or well, thousand, yeah. people like, love, but people love happy hours and things like that. Right. Just gotta, that's got to be your shtick. Yeah. If you love that networking. Yeah. I mean, more power to Yeah. We're not even drinkers, but the idea itself is like, you don't have to be just the, just the consistency and, and, you know, doing that, just doing something. Yeah. Just to, and they're getting FaceTime with people, but then. It's again, follow up after that. Do you follow up with the people that showed up and yeah. they met? That's huge where a lot of people do not. You'll mm. never talk to them again, you know? So right. having like good conversations and, and getting good contacts and those things is key and follow up. Do you have a timeline that you follow for follow up? So if you met someone at that event, do you have any kind of timeline? I reach out to them a month later and then two months after that? Within a week, right? Like yeah, really for, pretty quick after the first meeting. Yeah. And then it's then it's a couple and weeks then it, and then it's then it's a couple months. And I put them on a quarterly. I have a pretty much everybody after a while it goes on the quarterly, you know, reach yeah. out list. Not yeah. like we have a CRM that tells us automatically, we just keep up with it kind of. Right. Yeah. <laughs> magic, magic Excel. That's yeah, Excel that, spreadsheet that doesn't give you auto reminders. She hates that. Like she hates my. She uses the, the I engineer. I for math, not for CRM. <laughs> yeah, whatever works for him, right? Well, I think that's a good that's a good segue into the team that you guys have created. So, how is it working as a husband and wife team? Yeah. It has its days. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We make it. We make it work. She's um, really good at. Um, a lot of the things, like I said, that I'm not, she does a lot of more of our investment wholesale. Yeah. Um, she loves doing that. She loves getting into the numbers and finding the deals. That's, that's the key. You got to find the deals. Most people see the TV shows and they're like, Oh, yeah. 30 minutes later, I can have this thing flipped and make a hundred grand. But there's yeah. finding the deals. They never talk about that part. Yeah. And she's really good at, at, at sniffing those out. And then once she, she sniffs it out then she's got, she's got it down. Yeah. And, and then also uh, I do like a lot of his, like, if he has like, technology issues i mean i'll handle a lot of the Everything. technology 
issues and like kind of execution of like the transaction side of things. Cause I don't mind doing it and I'm really fast. So then he can focus on the people, love it on the people and I, and I can help him with that back end stuff, but yeah. And then the investment side, I really enjoy. Yeah. And she does a lot. She, uh, I mean, we can make what we make in three res, you know, traditional real estate deals as a realtor in one investment property, you know, or more, you know, mm -hmm. we can make, so it's, I stay pretty consistent with trying to find off market investment opportunities. Yeah. And she, and she's, uh, um, you know, I do a lot of the retail stuff too, but we're, um, you know, when we sit down with a client, most agents are two trick ponies. They can only you know, represent you want to buy or sell. But when we sit down with a client, we learned early on, thank goodness that, you know, Hey, maybe this person is distressed. Maybe they don't have the money for repairs. Maybe they, Oh, we can pay cash for this. Or we like, want to be the resource oh, that they need. Yeah. We can, we tell them we can put on either hat. We present all of the options and how we would if we don't buy price yeah, each thing. Else you know? buy it or, or maybe, maybe, you know, we, we kick this out to a few investors right quick and, or, you know, whatever, here's all the options versus just two, here's six different options. Mm -hmm. You let us know which one you want to go, yeah. go with. And here we, here we go. Um, More like three options so well, that, so that there's not too many and they don't get overwhelmed, but, yeah. but yeah. But yeah. And then we, she has her own clients. I have my own, but we can also cross. If she's tied up, I can help her. If I'm tied up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whatever, she can, you know, yeah. help do. And um, we can go back and forth. So it seems to work out Got fairly it. well. Uh, okay. Sometimes we get sick of each other and I have to, I can sense it sometimes. If there's three or four days of me being in her hair all day, then I'll go set up shop at, you know, the other side of Dallas. If I'm in Plano, I'll go, oh, I'll go set up to this Starbucks yeah. all day. I don't, I don't go to my appointment and come right back home and, and, and annoy her. I had yeah. a feeling. I was like, maybe I should. I don't know. Yeah, so it's it's a lot easier to divide and conquer a lot of the times. Right. Okay. Um, and talk to me a little bit about how you guys have managed your time. I mean, because now you have a young son, and you're both in real estate, working many times with the same clients. How I imagine that becomes very time consuming. You could work twenty four seven if you wanted to. How have you guys structured your time uh, to keep a decent balance? Well, we, I mean, we, and we probably answer phone calls and texts later, like beyond hours that we should, but we're pretty much always available for our clients and our schedule changes every day. I mean, it's something different every day and our son goes to daycare Currently, I don't know what we're going to do whenever the new baby comes. Like I stayed home with our son for the first nine-ish months and and sort of juggled working as well from home. So then, you know, whenever he would get a phone call, we were in our previous home at that point, but, um, and it was smaller. So I'd have to leave the room with him in case our son started crying and he's on a real estate call um, or vice versa, hand him off if my phone was ringing, hand off our baby to him. Um, but we just made it work. And I think we're getting, we're, we still have a lot of room to improve it, but we're getting better at saying, Hey, we're tied up. We, I we understand. Pay, we also have learned to pay showing agents. It hmm. is so valuable having, I mean, we use show me that program when we don't have, we, when we reach out to our, you know, personal real estate contacts that like to do showings for us, we'll try them first. But if we can't get anybody, we use that show me app and it, has been a game changer for our time, our, you know, freeing up our, our physical time to be able, you know, cause you can't take phone calls when you're doing showings. So then right. we're putting off other clients that have questions and, and, you know, 
Yeah, and I for, there'll probably be some agents that, that may disagree, but to show a house, does it take, you know, very many, very many skills that yeah. we're not supposed to provide our opinion anyway uh, on certain things. So um, it's for me, like we just executed a deal in Burleson uh, a few minutes ago. And for me, you know, this family probably saw 15, 20 properties over there, five or six different times. That's an hour there, hour back. That's about a hundred dollars in gas for me and my truck. It sucks gas like no tomorrow. So yeah. that would have been. And we'll do it if yeah. we have to. But if we can and I did showing and you. And I did do it. You know, I've met yeah. them before, so that's a little different. But but I that's spent so much time by just you know farming that out, and then hey, if you like it, let me know. Call me live from the house if you have questions. Um, you know, we can negotiate the deal. That's where we earn our bread. That's the skill set. We don't open opening doors is you could do that all day. You don't get paid for open doors. You, right. you get paid for putting deals together. And that kind of goes back to why we work with repeat and referral clients only because they trust us and they won't feel weird that we are sending showing agents to show these houses. They understand and they respect us enough. And that's how we're able to really work together. Hmm. Yeah. How yeah. do you keep how do you keep the uh, your brand, though, because there are a lot of people that when someone else shows up, uh, this happened for me, someone else shows up that you've never met before. And it's like, well, where are you? It's, yeah. it's like I remember it being kind of a breakdown in in my agent's brand. So how do you keep that brand? Well, we definitely set the stage up front that this is just a showing agent. And we're like, hey, feel free to tell us all about them after, <laughs> because if we haven't personally met them, we'll tell our clients straight, like straightforward upfront that we don't know them. <laughs> you know, we haven't met them physically. So I'm like, so we kind of make a joke of it and make it lighter. And, and typically we know the clients that will be okay with that or not, you know? Yeah. So we, it, it's totally unique to each client if we're going to have a showing agent or if we can make it happen for one of us, you know, mm -hmm. if our schedule allows it and stuff, like we will do showings. It's not that we don't do showings, but um, it's just unique. I like to at least meet them once, you know, once I'll go, I'll go show them, show or sure. show, go show them once and then kind of get them locked in. If we haven't met them before, uh, try to get them locked into us and our style and personality. And, yeah. and then, then they'll know that, you know, there's a lot more to this than just, opening doors like we're going to do a lot of details but before we even walk through the door there's a whole thing that we go through does yeah. it have any offers also vetting them and making yeah. sure they have their ducks in a row oh, making definitely. sure they fit you know there's evan loves this part we you know we don't we don't get in the truck with the hypothetical stuff and uh, I've like got oh yeah cash. i can afford this i've got a restaurant yeah. that i own and i'm like now i really got to know what your finances are now yeah so yeah we don't go we don't you know we do not show a house to anybody we had a call in the day that's kind of horny toy I'll, I won't say where they were from, but we had a listing and she calls and she's unrepresented. So I could have taken her down. Um, and I said, she's like, Hey, I want to see this house. And I go, well, okay. Send me your proof of funds for our, for our million and our 1.35 million. And she says, she goes, honey, if you knew our address, you wouldn't be asking our, for our proof of funds. And I said, the fact that you won't give me your proof of funds throws up so many red flags. I can't even count them. So she's like, well, and she, I was like, I don't care. I was like, I need to see your proof of funds because people who are ready to buy will send it to me while they're talking to me right now. People who are just jacking around are doing what you're doing. Yeah. And so she's like, well, I'll show you. He's like, yeah, please show me. Please show me. So I've been, I, I was that guy we early on. Have to be, we have, but that 
we want them to know that we're not going to mess around when we're representing them. So we're taking it seriously up front and expecting kind of the same from them. So and I, I think it's only fair and we have an, a mutual understanding up front. Yeah. And I, Evan will love this. So I used to be that guy before I got like I am now. I'm like, oh, I'm going to win them over. Bend, it, bend it'll, over it'll be okay. Yeah, I'll go meet them. They're a million dollar, $2 billion client, right? I just get in the truck and go. Probably did it 200 yeah. times. Guess how many deals I got out of it? Zero. <laughs> and I'm a follow-up master, right? I'm a follow-up. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that doesn't, so, that yeah. doesn't always work. So, you know, the gung-ho, when they they think that you need this deal, it's like, yeah, they're just know, taking they'll, waste your, they'll waste your time as, as, as much as they can, yeah. you know? Right. When they probably have a realtor they're already going to use, but they just want to. Yeah, you know. I need you to take 20 minutes with this lender here uh, before I spend three hours of my time. Can you give me the 20 minutes? That's a good trade, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, great. Let me yeah. connect you with Evan. You know. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, and do you find like what's your pushback usually on that? Um, do you get a lot of people that don't want to go through that process? They just want to go and look. Uh, I think I I I think it's the ones that have realtors that they just want to they just want to see it now and they expect the listing agent to to want to sell it so quickly that that we would just right. jump in the car and go. And maybe they've had that in previous experiences, so they expect all listing agents to be the same. Um, but so if if they're just kind of looky lose or not, you know, if ser not serious, wasting our time, they're um, it's pretty obvious up front, and they'll push back. But what other pushback do we really get? Uh, they, I mean, yeah, most people who are serious, they know if they haven't bought a house before, then you have to kind of educate them and finesse them all. Okay, let me tell you the process. The lenders, they make all the rules in this game. I don't make the rules. Sellers don't make the rules. You definitely don't make the rules. Yeah, how'd you come up so, with your budget? How'd you come up with your budget? Yeah, oh, three thousand. We don't know. Without hey. talking to anybody, unless you have cash. <laughs> this is how you right. know. I know what I'm doing. Is we got to figure out what you can take a shot at. Right now, we're just wasting time spinning wheels. Mm -hmm. So we got to know what you can take a shot at. So let's get you connected with the lender, and so they. You can finesse, but for a person who's done it before, um, they, they should know. know. The drill. They know the drill, and they you could sniff out the 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 yeah. So you you, you don't get pushback from the ones that are ready. They'll go okay. You know, let yeah. me connect. It's fifteen minutes. Like it's not that big a deal these days. So. Right. It's an easy process. Yeah, that makes total sense. Um, and I feel like it it gives, and I I see this all the time. Like it gives the agents more. Um, it, it makes them seem much more professional when they make a client go see a lender first, uh, because then you don't get, you know, down the road and you've seen 10 houses of someone that can't even afford it. Now they're upset because they find out at the end that they can't afford it. And it just, it turns into a whole mess. Right. Yeah. Or, or if somebody we, you know, that is sure that they can get pre-qualified, but they probably just like renewed their lease or whatever. And so, well, we don't want to do it right now because it's going to ding my credit. I'm like, it doesn't ding your credit. Like you can just provide the info and they can. You get a lot more things you should worry about besides dinging your credit right yeah. now. This is a little bit right. bigger ball game than that. Yeah. yeah. So we're not locking anything in yet. We just need to see your, you know, financial picture. Right. But, um, but yeah, a lot of times then you can just tell they're feeling out the market or they just want to feel out the neighborhoods. I'm like, if you want to do that, you can go to open houses. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Perfect opportunity for you to feel out the market. Right. Well, talk a little bit about your market. You're in Waxahachie. Did I say that right? Waxahachie? Waxahachie. Okay. <laughs> Ryan's so strict on that. He's like, really? I, I said it like that one time. We had a guy this Walks weekend. He goes, he goes, where are you from? We said, Waxahachie. He goes, Waxahachie. He's like, you just repeated it back. No, yeah, I just way. gave you the formula. 
<laughs> so talk about that market. Um, what are you guys seeing right now? I mean, it's just outside of DFW, not too far, but um, what's going on there? 30 oh minutes gosh. south of the Metroplex, 25 without yeah. traffic. Um, and I mean, it's gangbusters over here. There's actually a lot of new builds going in. A lot. Like 20-something neighborhoods being built. It's, wow. They're trying to pass a $600 million school bond. Wow. Yes. I think they're going to do it, too, because they've, you know, almost outgrown. In the next year or two, they're going to outgrow the current high school, so they're planning to build another one. And So it's, it's, it's pretty much what... Um, Ellis County is growing. It's what we're Allen and McKinney and Frisco were kind of at about 15 years ago. It's all coming out this way now. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I think Waxahachie High School, they have a brand new high school. They've already outgrown it. And it's one of the largest high schools in the state now just by enrollment. Wow. And so um, it's crazy. We, you know, I grew up here when I graduated high school, it was 15,000 people. Now, now we're 60, 70,000, yeah. probably going to be 100,000. And it's wild that Waxahachie ISD actually goes like the center of our town or what we, what we thought was the center of our town isn't actually. And there is probably another hundred um square miles left to build and develop and they are just expanding wow. they're yes. going to use up all of it oh, oh yeah so I, I was amazed that when we sat through one of those they came to our church actually and told us the um superintendent was it the superintendent, yeah, superintendent. yeah superintendent wow. for ISD. it was really interesting wow so, it, yeah i'm excited what, what is inventory like there right now are people holding on to their houses I don't know. I there's, feel like there's a, there's quite a bit of inventory. a lot of new inventory. Uh, we've got we've got a, um, a new listing without giving too many details. I, I'll predict 20 offers on that thing in a weekend. Yeah, because wow. if you price it right, it flies off the shelf. But yeah. some people are getting greedy, yeah. and so the sellers are real concerned. 20 they've pricing. Been, they they've been watching. I don't know what year they think it is. But. Yeah, I don't know what year that ever worked in either. Because people are like, well, you know, I'll just price it high and I'll build the negotiations. Yeah, it's like that. always, it's never worked that way. If you price it high, you will not get what you want. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, I said, but they were like, you know, reading the news, this walks at you a couple and they're like, you know, we're kind of concerned on the market. And I said, well, whatever you're reading on the news, it doesn't apply here. It, it, <laughs> is, it is, uh unless you've got a $5 million home sitting over here, uh, and it's like a home like everybody wants, get, get put your seatbelt on. Um, yeah, so it's, and we don't even do a ton of business in Waxahachie now that we're back here. The, the last mm -hmm. year that's picked up a lot. Yeah, we're trying uh, to really grow here. So we did so many. I think you originally reached out to us about some stuff we did up in Grayson County, Sherman Denison area. Yeah, uh, we did three times more deals there than we did in our own backyard last year. Wow. So, so yeah, so we're I would love there. to jump in the truck and drive six minutes to a showing. I would know what to do with myself. Right. <laughs> so close. Yeah. yeah. Got it. So, um, I mean, over the next year, what do you see happening in, in your town? Um, uh, do you see, I mean, obviously it's expanding like crazy. Are there a lot of people moving there from out of state, from the Metroplex? Like, what do you think is going to be happening over the next year? I think it's going to continue to grow the yeah. whole Metroplex. It's, it's yeah. just, there's so much. Um, I think what was it? Like, well, Dallas was like the number, was it the number one? Did you tell me that stat? Number one city in 20? Oh, people, people moved to. The people I don't moved know if it was Dallas County or Dallas, it's probably Dallas County, but um, 
Dallas County was one of the, it was probably the, the Metroplex because it was at hand, New York, Houston. Um, mm. so yeah, DFW. Metroplex DFW, kind of I think DFW was number one. Was number one. Uh, he, Austin was like number two, Houston's three, San Antonio was like six. So we, in the top 10 of the nation where people are moving to, which is no shock, everybody knows that, that lives here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Waxahachie seems to be still fairly affordable, really good schools. Uh, and people think people, I remember when I used to work in downtown Dallas, right? People would say, you know, where do you live? Um, or where are you from? And I'd go, Waxahachie. And they'd say, oh man, wow. And I'd go, well, where do you live? And they'd go, well, we live in Frisco or Plano. I'd go, wow, same distance. And they're like, no, it's not. Like, yes, it is. It literally is. Uh, yeah. And people thought DeSoto was far. Whenever I owned a house in DeSoto, they were just shocked. Like it just seemed yeah, 15, so, 20 minutes to so DeSoto. Far out, so, like, it's oh, really actually very like centrally located. Yeah. I can get everywhere I need to. Yeah. The 287 corridor down here, Ennis, Midlothian, Waxhatchee, Mansfield, this whole area, Red Oak, uh, just just get ready. It is, I mean, Mansfield's kind of already done its thing, but. There's a lot of opportunities though. I, I yeah, see nothing but growth here. Yeah. Um, and what would you say to people moving in? What what's what are kind of like your main points on on your market for people that would be interested in moving into your area? I Waxahachie has a ton of history here, so if you're kind of into the nostalgic, um, you know, with the cute downtown squares and stuff, so you have like the small town feeling, but it has all of the necessities that you need. I mean, besides a major like shopping mall, um, hmm. you have everything and, you need. You have an eighty restaurant, you know. That we have it our own. There's no really need to go into Dallas unless you are going to, you know, Ranger Game or Maverick Game or Cowboys or, you know, want to go to Neiman Marcus or something that's different. But we, there's really, we're trying to keep people down here. Uh, there's so much to do and there's, you know, so much history and they've kind of revitalized our, our squares is one of the most historic squares in the country. Mm. If you see the courthouse, this used to be the cotton capital of the world here in the 1900 turn of the century. So there's hundreds and hundreds of mansions well preserved, not just no. Yeah. Uh, and they uh, just revitalized the Texas theater um, downtown. Oh yeah. So we got these country concerts coming down here. Um, and so it's, it's, you know, I mean, our Airbnb is booked like every weekend. <laughs> so somebody, people like Waxahachie, I'm telling you. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have the Renaissance Fair here every year, every year from like April to May. Um, mm. Scarborough up. Fair, is that what it's called? Scarborough yeah, Fair. I only went one time, like four or three. But it was, back. but you try to go out that part of town right now, and it's like a couple hundred thousand people out there. But it's beautiful, and there's blue bonnets, huge fields of blue bonnets, and like you don't get that in Dallas, <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, you don't get to see like rolling. Little hills of blue bonnets and things. Right. So yeah. It's nice in Ellis County. Well, I love areas that are still that way because I grew up in Flower Mound. And when I was growing up in Flower Mound, it was like you're describing. It was like there were not that many people there. I mean, it was probably, you know, 20, 30,000 people. It was like fields of blue bonnets, all that. And now yeah. it's crazy. I mean, Flower Mound now is probably 100,000 people. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it's just gone I mean, completely nuts. Yeah, and they're throwing, there are neighborhoods that are throwing in houses that are on these like tiny lots, you know, I mean, we have 0.8 acres and it's like the perfect amount for us right now. Yeah. We would obviously love to buy bigger, more land because you just can't rebuild land. So it's, so it's right. nice. This is an opportunity where you can, you can get some more acreage if you want and uh, still be close enough to a town, you know. Yeah. yeah. 
you can you can still avoid people if you don't want to run into certain people, but you can, uh, <laughs> you can still see people that you know yeah. uh, when you know go downtown or whatever. It's pretty it's yeah. pretty cool. So you can balance with the development, obviously, but yeah. Well, and I've seen that in Sherman. I, there's a few agents that um, I recently met actually yeah. great people in Sherman, and they've told me all about. Uh, it's crazy how much Sherman is developing, and yes. and I, I was like Sherman. Like, what's going yeah. on in Sherman, Texas? Nothing. That TI oh expansion. TI going in, 5,000 new people, you know, yeah. working there, and then all these different housing projects and uh, or, or new build projects. Um, it's it's just amazing. It's crazy to see the expansion outside of DFW. Uh, but I do think that for people buying, there's a window of time in which to act where it's affordable. It's like, jump on it now when you can. I mean, yeah, right you know. now for the next few weeks, you know, I, before school lets out and everybody's looking. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's just, I, I don't know if this is going to make sense, but I talking about real estate in other parts of the country where we in my lifetime haven't seen price, you know, appreciation go down. It, it always seems to continue to, to just go up and up and up um, where I had a buddy who's from the Detroit area and he's telling me this, this story of the day, and I just couldn't wrap my hand around my head around it because that just doesn't happen here. He says, "Yeah, my wife and I we we built a home around 2006 in Detroit, around Detroit area. And five years later, when we went to sell it, it was worth significantly less than the day we built it." And he goes, "We don't." He now lives here, uh, and he's very successful and all that. He goes, "Just he goes, people don't get it that are from." You know, uh, you know the, the people who are born and raised in Texas, they, they don't understand sometimes how good we really have it here. And these people just keep moving in and moving in. It's only yeah. driving prices to the rip. You know, people that are already here and owning land, owning property, they're right. they're benefiting from it every day. You can almost tag a value on property that your 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 net worth is growing by the day. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, whereas in a lot of markets, people are moving out. <laughs> yeah, so I don't see that anytime. I don't see that happening anytime soon. Knock on wood. Yeah. And, you know, if the market does tank, we've always bounced back quicker than anywhere else because we're so diverse. Our economy has got airlines and retail and IT and banking. And There's just, no shortage of you jobs. Just, you, just pick, you just pick something that falls apart. There's six other, you know, if you use the cable and the elevator example, that kind of hold up the machine. Or we bounce back quicker than these other areas that just rely on oil or they rely on auto or they rely on, you know, you know vacation, whatever their one stick is. We've got, we've got a bunch of them here. We're so yeah. fortunate. Hmm. That's great. Um, well, Ryan, Alyssa, we're coming up on an hour here. Um, so I want to be respectful of your time, but where can people go to find you and speak of quickly about who your ideal client is that you love to work with? Sure. I, I'll, I'll toss it. So our, our website's macklemoreteam.com. So that's M-C-L-E-M-O-R-E-T-E-A-M.com. So if you uh, you can message us through there, and anybody that says they heard us on this podcast, they will magically receive a Starbucks gift card, ten bucks, if they put their address on there. Hey, there uh, you go. So yeah, they can go on our website. Our uh, I'll put our emails out. Uh, mine is R Y A N, so it's Ryan at Pinnacle R A dot com. So that's R Y A N at Pinnacle P I N N A C L E R A dot com. And mine is Alyssa at PinnacleRA.com. And Alyssa is spelled with two L's and two S's. And a Y. <laughs> a double L Y double S A um, at PinnacleRA.com. Okay. And our ideal, ideal client. client. 
would be Jeff Bezos. No, I'm just kidding. I, our ideal, we, we don't discriminate. So we treat a client, whether they have $5 in their pocket or they have $50 million in pocket, they're going to get the same treatment. Uh, the same, it's the same race. It's the same skill set. Um, you know, but our ideal client is obviously on the buy side, somebody who's ready to go that has their ducks in a row and they're ready to, they're ready to jump in the trenches and we'll, we'll, uh, We'll try to make it a process where they want to repeat that every so often versus it being a beat down. Yeah. And, uh, um, and for the investment side, I would say my ideal client is probably somebody who has inherited a property that they don't know what to do with. They don't have the money to fix up and we can provide options for them mm -hmm. and help them either we can offer to buy it from them for cash or help them find find funding to do some repairs and help and then help them list it to get top dollar. Um, just kind of depends to unique to the property, but. Right. Okay. That's excellent. Um, well guys, thank you so much. This has been excellent. I've learned a lot. An hour went by really quick. I feel like we could keep going. Well, that's good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. good side. Um, but this was great. Uh, I think there's some great takeaways and I know uh, people listening out there, especially agents will definitely take a lot from it. So, um, very much appreciate both of your time. All right. Look thank forward you. to talking to you soon. Of course. Thanks so much. Thanks, Evan.